0: Bye. Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. For this episode, I'm going to talk about the Academy Awards and the Golden Raspberry Awards. Now, now, just to let everybody know, this is for the nominations. As the ceremony for both for both of these shows will be coming up, although uh, although although most notably the Academy Awards, the Academy Awards Will take place on March 10th of 2024. While the, the Razzies, aka the Golden Raspberry Awards, will will they're, they're gonna have their ceremony on March 9th of 2024. Although the Golden Raspberries, they never aired the Golden Raspberries. I mean, obviously, obviously obviously for I don't know the reason behind I don't know the reason behind why they don't air the golden raspberries, but I guess that's that's their thing, so whatever. But as for the Academy Awards. I mean, obviously, they're going to air the Academy Awards, and that will be on ABC. And the 96th Academy Awards will be on March 10th, 2024, on AB, on ABC. And, and yes, yes, I'm going to talk about both the Oscars and the Razzies. Now, originally, I was going to split this episode into two, but I decided to, like, you know, let me talk about them both. But the way how I'm going to do it, I'm going to talk about the Oscars first and the Razzies second. And this is all for the nominations. So, I'm going to be talking about the Oscar nominations and the Razzie nominations for 2024. So, why not start off with the Oscar nominations for the 96th Academy Awards? Now, just to give a little background, the ceremony ceremony will be televised on ABC, on ABC in the United States. And, and, of course, comedian Jimmy Kimmel will host the show for the 4th time following the 2017, 2018, and 2023 ceremonies. And of course, the nominations were announced on January 23rd, 2024, with with Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer leading the, leading the ceremony with 13 nominations, followed by Poor Things and Killers of the Flower Moon with 11 and 10 Oscar nominations. So, with that being said, let me... Let, let me dive on into the nominees themselves. So, starting with the first category will be Best Picture. The films that are nominated for Best Picture are American Fiction, Anatomy of the Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Now I don't know which film is going to win. I think some people are saying that uh, Oppenheimer is the front runner for the Best Picture win. I can possibly see that. I mean, come on. I mean, the movie Oppenheimer like is a real good. It's actually a, it's a real good movie. I mean, yeah, sure it's a 3-hour movie, but it's still pretty good. It's, a, it's still a pretty good movie. It's basically the life of the, it's basically telling the story of J Robert uh, J Robert Oppenheimer basically his life story where like where he started in his younger days leading up to his college days and of course the build up to the of course the build up to the atomic bomb and then of course his hear and, and then of course his hear his hearing case as well. I mean of course you also have I mean of course I mean with Christopher Nolan with Christopher Nolan at the forefront, it, it, it is it is I can definitely I could definitely that could be a possible win. I mean come on. With Christopher Nolan... when you have a film that is directed by Christopher Nolan. You know it's gonna be good. I mean, sure, yeah. Christopher Nolan has had a, had a couple. Ha, Christopher Nolan had a couple of films where it didn't go as well, but Christopher Nolan has put out some very good films, and Oppenheimer is one of them. Now, of course, Oppenheimer going up against uh, Barbie. I mean, Barbie. You got David Heyman, Marco Robbie, Tom a- Ackerley, and Robbie Brenner. As producers of Barbie. They're they're nominated for Barbie, but I'm just gonna say this. I don't think Barbie's gonna win the best picture win. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not gonna win. I mean Yes, it, I mean Barbie and Oppenheimer, they had a huge cultural phenomenon, but I got a feeling Oppenheimer might take the win. Sure, yeah. I mean true, yeah. I mean, that could be true. American fiction, anatomy of the fall, the holdovers. Could be could be, could be, could be taking home a win, but you never know. But we'll never know until the ceremony commences. Oh, and Maestro. I haven't seen Maestro yet. I heard a lot of good things about it too. Bradley Cooper play, playing Maestro, Leonard Bernstein, with Steven, with Steven Spielberg as producer. Sounds like, that may sound like a good film. I mean, I heard some good things about it. I gotta check that out one of these days. But, but anyway, let's move on to Best Director. So for Best Director, you got Justine Triette. Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lathimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. As for, uh, going back to Christopher Nolan, I gotta say, I think Christopher Nolan is up, is, I say Christopher Nolan should, I believe Christopher Nolan's gonna win Best Director. I mean, many of Christopher Nolan's films have been nominated for multiple Oscars. I mean, I mean for a film like Oppenheimer, I mean, he's nominated for best director and this is his second Oscar this is his second nomination as director. Like he was nominated and he was nominated um three times for best adapted screenplay, best picture and best director for Oppenheimer. I mean, sure, yeah, his his films such as Memento, Memento, Inception and Dunkirk were also nominated for Oscars. Most notably for writing, directing, and and producing as well. So there is a so there is a high chance that that Christopher Nolan might may win Best Director. I mean, sure, yeah, you got Martin Scorsese too. Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean, let's be I mean, let's be honest. At age eighty one, Martin Scorsese, the film's director, earned his tenth nomination for Best Director, garnering more Oscar nominations for that category including one prior win than anyone alive. And Scorsese also became the oldest Best Director nominee, eclipsing John Huston, who was 79. And uh, and, and John Huston received his final Best Director nomination for Fizzy's Honor, which came out in 1985. I believe Christopher Nolan might take home the win for Best Director. Like a lot of people are saying that Christopher Nolan may win. He won the Golden Globe for uh, Best Director at the at the gold for, at the Golden Globes in the uh, in the in the drama in the drama category. So there's a high chance he might win Best Director. I mean, who knows? I I could be wrong, but but we'll never know until the until the ceremony commences. But anyway, moving forward to the acting categories for Best Actor. The nominees are Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. We got some competition here, folks, like Bradley Cooper for Maestro as Leonard Bernstein. Sounds like a pretty... That actually sounds awesome. Although, Killian Killian Murphy going up against Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, that is going to be a tough competition. Although a lot of people are saying that Killian Murphy might win for best actor. I mean Paul Giamatti, both Paul Giamatti and Killian Murphy both won Golden Globes. So it is a tough competition to see who's going to win for best actor. But anyway, we're going to move forward to the best actress category. The nominees for best a- for best actress are Annette Bening for Niad, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Ohler for Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan. For Maestro. And Emma Stone. For Poor Things. Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone. Are both going up against each other. For Best Actress. I mean. Emma Stone for Poor Things. I mean. I haven't seen Poor Things. Nor Killers of the Flower Moon. But it's going to be. Pretty tough competition. And I think a lot of people are saying. Lily Gladstone. Might win. For Best Actress. And of course. Um. Lily Gladstone became the first Native American to win the Golden Globe Award for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, and and now and she's she's nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress, and she's going up against Emma Stone. It's gonna be a tough competition. I mean, it's I mean, they're both going up against each other, so who who knows? I mean, I think a lot of people are saying Lily Gladstone might win, but but who knows we'll see who's going well, we'll see who's going we'll see who's going to win now we move over to best supporting actor Sterling K Brown for American Fiction Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon Robert Downey Jr for Oppenheimer Ryan Gosling for Barbie and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things Hey Iron Man and the Hulk together at last nominated for best supporting actor well if there's one thing I gotta say, I say I, I I say Robert Downey Jr. I say Robert Downey Jr. might take home the win. I mean him. I mean Robert Downey Jr. playing Louis Strauss was he he did a fantastic job. Like Louis Strauss, he is literally the driving force behind the controversial hearings of of physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer, and of course regarded. As a villain in American history. Robert Downey Jr. playing one of American history's biggest villains. Like, like, like Louis Strauss. I mean, sure, Louis Strauss is not the biggest, is not the biggest villain in American history. But he is one, but he he is one of them. And literally, Robert Downey Jr. did a fantastic job playing Louis Strauss. I mean, I mean, I, I could definitely see him going for the win. Of course, I mean, obviously you got Mark Ruffalo for poor things as... Duncan Wetherburn although I have not seen poor things Ryan Gosling as Ken I'm gonna be honest with you Ryan Gosling was the highlight as Ken in Barbie I mean you could definitely tell Ryan Gosling was having a lot of fun and of course and of course Ken turning Barbie land into Ken land that was so funny it's just this is funny then of course you got Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction and-, and Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean not much to say th- not much to say here, but but moving forward. We move we move forward to the best supporting actress category. Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Daniel Brooks for the Color Purple, America Ferrara for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Niad, and Devine Joy Randolph for the holdovers. America Ferrero, I believe America Ferrera got nominated because of that one because of that one scene in Barbie, you know like the scene where she goes up there to cheer Barbie up. America Ferrera plays Gloria and she tries to cheer Barbie up with this motivational speech about society's conflicting expectations of women, which restored Barbie's self-confidence. Like I, I believe the acad- the Academy nominated America Ferrera just because of that one scene. Now, I don't know who's going to win in that category. I think some people are saying Devine Joy Randolph might win. That is a possibility. She was good. She was very good in The Holdovers. And I actually like The Holdovers. I saw the film. I thought The Holdovers was pretty good. And I thought uh, Devine Joy Randolph's performance in The Holdovers was pretty good too. Like I said, I don't know who's going to win for Best supporting Actress. But, but as of now, we're going to move forward to Best Original Screenplay for Best Original Screenplay, Anatomy of the Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, and Past Lives. We're going to move forward to Best Adaptive Screenplay. We got American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Now, for Best Adaptive Screenplay, I... It's going to be hard to say which one's going to win. You got Barbie and Oppenheimer on the Best adapted Screenplay nomination list. I mean, or should I say Barbenheimer? I mean, Barbie, you got Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, based on characters created by Ruth Handler. Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, based on the biography American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin J. Sherwin. And then, of course, you got Poor Things and the Zone of Interest. I know right here, I mean, <laughs> it is going to be a tough competition for Ob- for uh, Barbenheimer. I mean, Barbie, maybe? I don't know. Barbie could win Best Adapted Screenplay, or maybe Oppenheimer. I think Oppenheimer might win. I mean, it is a hard- it is hard to say. But anyway, we're going to move forward to Best Animated Feature Category. we got The boy-, boy in the Heron by Hayao Miyazaki and Toshio Suzuki. Elemental, Peter Son and Denise Reim. N- Nimona, Nick Bruno, Troy Kwani, Karen Ryan, and Julie Zachary, Robot Dreams, Pablo Berger, Ivan Comenzana, Ignasi Estapi, and Sandra Tapia-Diaz. And then, of course, you got Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, Kemp Powers, Justin K. Thompson, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Amy Pascal. Okay, I'm just gonna, f- okay, right out of the gate, is not gonna win. I'm just throwing it out there. Elemental is not going to win. I mean, just recently, Elemental has become... it Because just recently, Elemental has reached the, the $500 million mark. It made over $511.4 million on a budget of $200 million. However, the film itself was considered to be a sleeper hit. Unfortunately, it wasn't able to make its money back on time because the film was released on June 16th of 2023. So technically, the film was a hit, but unfortunately for the movie itself, it was still considered to be a bomb at the time. Although, I do give the film credit for being a sleeper hit, so I'll give the film that. But, but I, I have not seen Elemental. I heard things of, of this movie. I consider Elemental to be a, um, a film that is late to the party. I mean... Let's be honest. Elemental is just a, just a ripoff of Zootopia and Osmosis Jones and Inside Out as well. Like I'm just gonna say it right. I'm just gonna say it right there. I haven't seen the movie. I heard some things about the movie, but other than that, I'm. But other than that, I'm sorry, but Elemental won't win. Now I could be wrong. Now I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong on that. I mean, and sure, yeah, I, I am definitely wrong on some things, including predictions as well for for nom- for for many for 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 the for the award show as I mentioned in some of my previous episodes, but but who knows? But in my opinion, I don't think Elemental is gonna win. Now, for the Boy and the Heron and Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, those are the two heavy hitters right there. Like those are the two heavy hitters, Spider-Man across the spider verse and the boy and the heron. Boy and the Heron, which is which is an which is basically which is basically which is basically a Japanese anime written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki and produced by Studio Ghibli. Based on, and of course, is based on the 1937 novel of the same name. And of course, brief, although of course, briefly appears in the film, but the film has an original story that is not connected to the novel. And what's actually, and of, and was actually was actually, and and of course, the story. Of course, the story is basically during the Pacific takes place during the Pacific War, where a boy discovers an abandoned tower in his new town after his mother's death and enters a fantastical world with a talking gray heron. So, in that being said, Hayao Miyazaki has made some of the some of the greatest Japanese anime films of all time, including including Spirited Away, which actually became the first Japanese anime film to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film. Like 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 Spirited Away was the second was the se- Spirited Away was also the second animated feature film to win in the Best Animated Feature Film category and that was it. And that was in 2000 and that was in that was during the Oscars 2000 that was during the 20 the 2003 Oscars. So there is a possibility that that the Boy and the Heron might win the Oscar it won the golden globe for best animated feature film so there's a possibility it could win best animated feature film at the oscars however how however it does however that may not be the case because because there are some mo- animated movies where 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 the same movie did not win for an oscar like like for example like during the 20 during the 2015 golden globes how to Train Your Dragon 2 won best animated feature film but unfortunately during the but unfortunately during the uh, but unfortunately during the tw- during the 2015 Oscars um, Big Hero 6 which was from Disney won one best animated feature film and then of course there was another film uh, The Missing Link which won the Golden Globe which won the Golden Globe at the at the at the 2020 Golden Globes but Toy Story 4 won Best Animated Feature Film at the 2020 Oscars. But of course, uh, last year um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won Best Animated Feature Film at the Golden Globes, including the Oscars as well. So, so there's gonna be a, so there might be a little, there might be a little change to that. But what about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? Could Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse win Best Animated Feature Film? I mean, there is a possibility right there. I mean, I haven't seen The Boy and the Heron, but I, but both of these films, they are, um, I heard both of these films, let's be honest, they're both amazing in their own rights. Like, the animation themselves, like, it is cinematic. It's literally cinematic. Both of these films are, like, both of these films, both of these films going up against each, going up against each other, like, as crazy as it is, but you gotta admit, animation, the animation is cinematic. Even Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, like some of the best animation I have ever seen put together on screen. And let me tell you this, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse beats out Elemental and Dizzy's Wish. Enough said right there. It is hard to tell which film will win Best Animated Feature Film, Boy in the Heron or Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We'll see once once the Oscars commence. But other than that, moving forward. To Best International Feature Film, otherwise known as Best Foreign Language Film, you got Isle Capitano from Italy, Perfect Days from Japan, Society of the Snow from Spain, The Teachers, The The Teachers' Lounge for Germany, and The Zone of Interest for the United Kingdom. Now we move forward to Best Documentary Feature Film. You got Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, to Kill a Tiger and 20 Days in Mar Mario Pole. For, de- for Best Documentary Short Film, the ABCs of Book Banning, The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, The Last Repair Shop, and Nine-Nine and Y Pole. Now we move forward to Best Live Action Short Film. You got we have the After, Invisible, King of Fortune, Red, White, and Blue. And the wonderful story of, Sh- uh, and the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Now, what's actually interesting about the wonderful story of Henry Sugar is that it's actually directed by Wes Anderson, and is actually based on the story by Roald Dahl, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. So that's actually interesting. And it's actually what's that what's more interesting is that that Wes Anderson is nominated for Best Live Action Short Film he's been nominated for multiple Oscars, too. I mean, he was nominated for Isle of Dogs and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. But also Moonrise Kingdom and The Grand Budapest Hotel. And, of course, nominated for Best Live Action Short Film. I don't know which Best Live Action Short Film is going to win, but we'll, we'll see. But as of now, let's move forward to Best Animated Short Film. You got Letter to a Pig, 95 Senses, Our Uniform, and... Patchy Durham, and War is Over, inspired by music of John and Yoko. Now we move forward to Best Original Score. You got American Fiction, composed by Laura Karpman, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny by John Williams, Killers of the Flower Moon by Robbie Robertson, Oppenheimer by Ludwig Gorson, and Poor Things by Jerskin Fendrix. Okay, uh, first of all, Robbie Robertson, rest in peace. He is nomin- he is posthumously nominated for best original score for *Kills of the Flower Moon*, and Robbie Robertson has collaborated with Martin Scorsese on multiple films. And then of course Robbie Robertson was a lead guitarist for Bob for Bob Dylan in the mid in the mid late ni- in the mid late 1960s and early mid 1970s. Like he is a guitarist and songwriter for for a band called the Band from their in, from their inception until 1978, and a solo artist. So, rest in peace to Robbie Robertson. Now, moving forward to the other composers for Best Original Score. Um, first of all, John Williams. Is there anything to say about John Williams? John Williams, like, he has written, he has composed a lot of great music compositions for movies. Indiana Jones being one of them congratulations to john williams for being nominated for best ritual score speaking of which john williams is 91 years old and he has extended his his oscar nominations like he his record for the most oscar nominations 54 nominations for any living person that is amazing right there for for john williams now of course uh Going to Oppenheimer, Ludwig Gorrison. Like, I gotta be honest with you. Um, this is Ludwig Gorsen's third Oscar nomination overall. But this is his second Oscar nomination for best original score. Like, he won the Oscar for Black Panther for best original score. Like the the music for Black Panther was great. Like his his theme, the entrance to Wakanda, literally amazing. Like it is so good. Like I can get the rhythm out of that. Dun 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 dun. Like you get that, you get that whole, you get that whole rhythm and vibe to the entrance of Wakanda that Ludwig Gorson put together. Like it is amazing. Literally love the music. I mean, also and also him being nominated for best original song because he was nominated last year for best original song for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever and. The song was Lift Me Up and it was performed by Rihanna. Speaking of Marvel, Laura Carpman also wrote music for Marvel as well. Like she wrote the music, like she composed the music for the Marvels. And it's nice that Laura Carpman got an Oscar nomination for American Fiction. I'm sorry, the music for the Marvels was not that great. <laughs> I do not like some of the song choices for the Marvels. I mean I know this. Is, I know Laura Carpman did not select any of those songs. I mean, oh boy, especially for that. What was that music? What, what was that one song that was used during the the action during during that action sequence at Kamala Khan, at Kamala Khan's house? Oh, what is it? Oh, what? 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 Laura Carpenter, I mean, I will say this: I, the music wasn't the 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 composition score from the Marvels. I'm sorry, it wasn't as mem- was not that memorable, but at least Laura Carpin was able to write, was able to compose the music for American fiction, so I'll give her credit for that. So, anyway, that being said, we're going to move forward to Best Original Song. You got The Fired Inside from Flaming Hot, music and lyrics by Diana Warren, I'm Just Ken from Barbie, music and lyrics by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt, it never went away from American Symphony, Music and Lyrics by John Batiste and Dan Wilson. A song for my people from the Killers of the Flower Moon, Music and Lyrics by Scott George, and What Was I Made For? From Barbie, Music and Lyrics by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. Okay, I know I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, and I understand this could be a controversial thing, but what I was made for, I didn't think it was that memorable of a song. It really wasn't as memorable as I'm Just Ken or some of the other songs in the Barbie movie, to be honest. Like, and look, uh, respect to Phineas O'Connell and Billie Eilish. I I think I believe in my opinion they wrote a good song, but it wasn't as memorable. It wasn't as memorable. I mean, I understand where they're going, what they were trying to aim for, but let's be honest. I'm just Ken for the win. Like when when people went, a lot of people went to see the Barbie movie, whether they like it or not. Um, <laughs> um, they, they literally remember the Ken song. Like, I'm just Ken, everywhere else I be a 10. Is it my destiny to live a dire life of unfragility? Get it? You know that? Get it? The song, I'm just Ken? That is obviously the most memorable song from this movie. Like, come on. Like, I'm just Ken. Beats out every other song from the from the Barbie movie, and let's be honest, the, the I'm just Ken won the Critics Choice Awards at the 29th Critics Choice Awards, and I was being nominated for uh, Best Original Song, going up against a, going up against uh, what I was made for from the Barbie movie as well. Like it's gonna be a tough competition. It's gonna be a tough competition. Like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know which song's gonna win. I mean, I don't know which song. I don't know which song's gonna win. It's hard to say. I mean, right now you got "What I Was Made For" and "I'm Just Ken," both nominated for Best Original Song at the Oscars. So <laughs> we'll see what's gonna happen. We'll see what's gonna happen. As of now, moving forward for Best Sound, The Creator, Maestro, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, Oppenheimer, and The Zone of Interest. I will say this, Mission Impossible is it's about time Mission Impossible got nominated for an Oscar. Last year, uh Top Gun Maverick won the won the Oscar for best sound, and it was also nominated for other categories as well, including including best visuals and best picture. And and now Mission Impossible being nominated for an Oscar for best sound, where the hell was that? Where was that, where the hell was that for the other for the other Mission Impossible films? Sure. Mission Impossible. They have their flaws. They they had their flaws in their movies. But but some of their most recent movies like with from the 3rd one all the way up to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning like those movies, I say they deserve Oscar nominations for for best sound, best visuals, best score. Hell, where were those where were those nominations, huh? Huh? Where were those nominations, huh? But you know, I'm actually glad. I'm actually glad Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning got nominated for an Oscar. That is actually that is actually great. Now, would win the Oscar? I'm not really sure. It's going up against The Creator, which is basically a sci-fi movie directed by Gar- by Gareth and by Gareth Edwards, who uh, who you may know Gareth Edwards for directing Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and the uh, and the Godzilla movie that came out in 2014. So we'll see. Well, so we'll see what happens. Oh, it's also going up against Oppenheimer. I mean, it's got some competition right there. Also, while I'm at it, on the subject of subject of Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, uh, it was actually called Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Just recently, they dropped the they they just dropped the Part One title for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. So it's now referred to as Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. Just to let you all know. All right, moving forward for Best Production Design. Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I think Barbie's got a high chance for winning Best Production Design. Let's be honest, the production design for Barbie is amazing. Like it actually looks like it feels. It actually looks like you're actually playing inside an actual Barb, Barbie dollhouse. If you if you know what I'm saying. Like like you look at that film. The production design of this film is amazing. It, it, it looks like an actual toy set, an actual Barbie set. Like it looks so, like it looks so good. It looks so good and well put together as, and well put together as well. If you know what I'm saying. But anyway, moving forward, best cinematography. You got uh, El El, El Condé, Edward Everlockman, Killers of the Flower Moon, Rodrigo Prito, Maestro, Matthew Libatique. Oppenheimer, Hoyt von Hoytima, and Poor Things, Robbie Ryan. I I, I got a feeling Oppenheimer might win for Best Cinematography. I mean, is there anything to say about Christopher Nolan and the cinematography that he uses in his movies? Like, is there anything to say about that? Like, the cinematography for for a lot of Christopher Nolan movies, they're great. They're absolutely amazing. But anyway, moving forward, Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Golda, Maestro, Oppenheimer. Poor Things, and society, of the, and society of the Snow. Moving forward to Best Costume Design, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I think Barbie might win Best Costume Design, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, Napoleon, and Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, they they all got shots too, but you never know. But anyway, moving forward to Best Film Editing, you got Killers of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, Anatomy of a Fall, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I don't know which film's gonna, I don't know which film will win Best Film Editing, but we gotta move forward to the last category for Best Visual Effects. Now, Best Visual Effects is obviously a category where there's a lot of competition. Sure, yeah, all the other categories have competition as well, but for Best Visual Effects, it is a category where it's got a lot of competition too. And as I mentioned, there were other car- there are other categories that do have huge competition as well. But so does vis- best visual effects. So let's talk about it. You got the creator, Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Vision Impossible Dead Reckoning, and Napoleon. Boy oh boy, <laughs> we got competition here, folks. Godzilla minus one and Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. They're basically the first films. They 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 got into, they got a nomination. They got they both got a nomination. I think Godzilla minus one it might win best visual effects. I haven't seen Godzilla minus one, but from what I heard, it is a it is an amazing Godzilla movie. Now, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning po- Dead Reckoning, I think like I don't think it's going to win. I I think it might win best sound, but it it has got a tough competition with Godzilla Minus One. And so does the creator, so so does the creator. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, um Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in my opinion, like it is the be- it is the best Marvel movie to come out of Phase 5. And it beats out the Marvels and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, obviously, come on, it's James Gunn. You know he's gonna, you know to write out, you know he's gonna direct and write a good Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But, uh, but sure, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Three does have his fair share of flaws, but it's still a good movie. Plus, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three has the best visual effects in, the, in in Phase Five compared to Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania and the Marvels. Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. Three beats out the Marvels and Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Now it is a tough competition. It is a tough competition. I say the top three are The Creator, Godzilla minus one, and Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. Three. It is gonna be a tough one to see which is gonna win Best Visual Effects. And anyway, that is it. That that is the that is the nominations. And of course, the films with now the films with multiple nominations, Oppenheimer came out on top with 13 nominations. Poor Things with 11 nominations. Killers of the Flower Moon with 10 nominations, Barbie with 8 nominations, Maestro with 7 nominations, American Fiction with 5, The Anatomy of the Fall, The Holdovers, and The Zone of Interest, Napoleon with 3 nominations, The Creator, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, NIAD, Past Lives, and Society of the Snow with 2 nominations. So, those are the nominations for the 96 Academy Awards. And that ceremony will commence on March tenth, twenty twenty-four, on ABC. And now we go to the worst of the worst, which is the forty, which is the Razzies, or should I say, the forty-fourth Golden Raspberry Raspberry Award nominations. Now, now, it, now we have we have a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that actually. That actually got nominated for four Golden raz- for, f- for four Razzies, and that would be Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And it earned the Marvel Cinematic Universe its first ever Razzie nominations, overshadowing the success of other Marvel Cinematic Universe films in 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy got nominated for an Oscar, so now Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania got nominated for four Razzies. Huh. Tough luck for the Marvels, I guess. <laughs> I guess the Walt, I guess the Walt Disney Company called the called the Golden Raspberries over, told them, "Hey, Golden Raspberries, uh, take ant man the last Quantumania. just don't, just don't take the Marvels." And then the, I think the Raspberries was like, "Okay, that's a fair deal." But anyway, let's list down the movies that were nominated for for, for, gold, for gold. Let's list down the movies that were nominated for the Golden Raspberries. Now you got The Exorcist, Believer, Expendables Four. Mega Mega 2, Meg two Le Trench Shazam Fury of the Gods and Winning the Pooh bl- and Winning the Pooh Blood and Honey Alright, I'm gonna be honest with you. I saw I've seen Shazam Fury of the Gods. And while it is not a great sequel to the first Shazam movie, it, it wasn't even that bad of a movie. Sure, yeah, it's not a great sequel, but it wasn't even that bad. Is it really Is it really the worst movie? No. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Shazam: Fury of the Gods was, it was actually better than the Marvels and and Ant-Man: and The Wasp Quantum Mania, in my opinion. And then for worst director, you got Reese Frake Waterfield for winning the poop, blood and honey. Eh. Well, I guess well I guess Disney's expiration date didn't go didn't go over too well for them, huh? <laughs> I guess Steamboat Willie's next. Oh wait. I guess Steamboat Willie will be turned into a film pretty soon, from a different company. Then you got uh, David Gordon Green for The Exorcist Believer, to which uh, David Gordon Green did the um, did the Halloween movie reboots that came out that came out in 2018, 2021, and 2022. You know, and then Peyton Reed nominated for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Media. I mean, I don't know why, I mean, I don't know why Peyton Reed. I, I don't think Peyton, I mean, Peyton Reed's not a bad director, like, sure, yeah, the movie, Ant-Man and the Quantum Quantumania wasn't as great, there were moments in them, it had his moments, but Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania, I don't think it deserved the Razzie for Worst Director, I mean, Peyton Reed, I mean, Peyton Reed, I, mean, Peyton Reed, I don't know, I, I don't think Peyton Reed deserved the award. Now, you also got Scott Wong for Expendables 4, and... Ben Wheatley for Meg2 the Trench. Now we move forward to Worst Actor. Russell Crowe for The Pope's Exorcist. Vin Diesel for Fast X. Chris Evans for Ghosted. Jason Staham for Meg2 the Trench. And John Voigt for Mercy. Why is Vin Diesel nominated for Worst Actor? I mean, sure, yeah. If, I, I, sure, yeah. The Fast and Furious franchise has probably, run, has probably run this course, but come on, man. I mean, come on. Vin Diesel nominated for worst actor for Fast A- for Fast X. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know about the other actors too. I mean, let's be honest. Jason Staham was in fa- was in the Fast and Furious movies too. I mean, Jason Staham is is good on his own. Yeah. But anyway, we move forward to worst actress. You got Anna Armas for Ghosted, Megan Fox for Johnny and Clyde, Sama Hayak for Magic Mike's Last Dance, Jennifer Lopez for the Mother and Helen Marin for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Helen Marin was actually pretty good in Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I think it's it's just more on the writing. Like, I, I, I liked Helen Mirren. Why, why is Helen Mirren nominated for a Golden Raspberry, huh? I mean, come on, man. I mean, I, I like Helen Mirren. Sure, yeah. I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, sure, yeah. Her character may not be as memorable as Dr. Savannah from the first Shazam! movie. You know, Dr. Savannah being played by Mark Strong. But I mean, you got Helen Marin you got Helen Marin playing playing Hesper, playing Hespera from Shazam Fury of the Gods. I mean, I liked Helen Marin. I thought she was okay. I, I thought she was I, I thought she was fine in Shazam Fury of the Gods. But anyway, moving forward to Worst Supporting Actor. You got Michael Douglas and Bill Murray nominated for Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. I think Michael Douglas and Bill Murray are good actors on their own. It's just more on the right It's just more on the writing. Now that I think about it, now that I think about it, why didn't the Marvels get nominated for for um, for Razzies? Why didn't the Marvels? How come the Marvels didn't get nominated? I mean, Bill Murray was in the movie for about five minutes, and I thought he was fine in that movie. And Michael Douglas, I thought Michael Douglas was fine, but I, but I feel like he got overshadowed in that movie. And then you got Mel Gibson for confidential informant, inform, informant, which I'm pretty. Yeah, you got Mel Gibson for confidential informant. Then you got Franco Nero. You got Franco Nero for the Post Exorcist and Sylvester Stallone for the Expendables 4. I have not seen Expendables 4, but I don't know if I want to watch it. But anyway, I mean, I don't know if I want to watch it. Maybe somewhere down the line I might. But you never know. But anyway, moving forward to worst supporting actress, you got King Control for *About My Father*, Megan Fox for *Expendables 4*. Wow, she, wow, Megan Fox got two two Razzie nominations. By Ling for *Johnny and Clyde*, Lucy Liu for *Shazam: Fury of the Gods*, and Mary Stewart Masterson for Five Nights at Freddy's*. But anyway, moving forward, worst screen combo. Any two mer- mer- any two merc- merciless mercenaries. Oh my goodness, for an expendable spore. Any two money-grubby investors who donated to the $400 million, $400 million for remake rice to The Exorcist for Exorcist Believer. That sounds, that sounds accurate right there. On to The Armist and Chris Evans, who messed up their screen chemistry for Ghosted. Sama Hayek and Channing Tatum for, my, for Magic Mike's Last Dance. And Pooh and Piglet as bloodthirsty slasher killers for Waiting of the Blue. For Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Actually, Winnie the Pooh Blood the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, is basically an independent film. Why isn't it I mean, why is why isn't an independent why is there an independent film nominated for for Golden Raspberry? I mean, sure, yeah, yeah, an independent movie's being nominated for Oscars, but why why Golden Raspberry? What is up with that? But I don't know. But I don't know. I think the Raz I think I think Dizzy just called the Razzies over a toll and I think the Dizzy's called the Razzies over and told them, like, hey, Winnie the Pooh, Blood, and Hungry, nominate nominated those movies for, Razz, for Razzies. Dude, Dizzy, you lost the rights to, win, to Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Just saying. You lost, And you lost the rights to Steamboat Willie as well. You know, it's called public domain for a reason, right? But anyway, moving forward, obviously, obviously Winnie the Pooh, Blood, and Hun- Honey is nominated for Worst Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. And so is The Expendables 4, The Exorcist: Believer, Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, and and of course Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which actually they labeled it as Indiana Jones and the Dial of Still Being a Dead Horse. Oh my goodness! Wow, wow. Okay, let's be honest. Um, I enjoyed. I mean, I had fun watching Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I had a lot of fun with it, but in my opinion, it was it was my second least it's my second least favorite Indiana Jones movie, aside from Temple of Doom. A lot of people said Temple of Doom was is the least liked of the Indiana Jones movies, even though a lot of people said Crystal Skull Indiana Jones Crystal Skull is the worst of the Indiana Jones movies. In my opinion, I don't think so. I mean I I mean sure, yeah, Crystal Skull's got flaws, but I enjoyed it. In fact, Ke- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was my first was my first ever was my first ever Indiana Jones movies I have seen in theaters. The Dial of Destiny is my second Indiana Jones movies that I saw in theaters. And and listen, all in all all five move all five Indiana Jones movies. They're they're watchable. They're actually watchable. Sure, yes. Those films do have their flaws, but those films also have fun, enjoyable moments. And of course, Indiana Jones, Temple of Dune, Crystal Skull, and Dial of Destiny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, they, they have flaws as well, but they're enjoyable as well. But th- those films are enjoyable as well. I like all these films. I mean, Dial of Destiny is my second least favorite of the bunch. But anyway, but anyway, moving forward, um, Worst screenplay, you got The Exorcist, Believer, The Expendables 4, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, otherwise known as Indiana Jones and the Dial of, can I go home now? Sure you can, and take the dial with you. And then of course you have Shazam, Shazam Fury of the Gods, and Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And that is the, that is the nominations. Now the films are nominated. You got Expendables 4 with 7 nominations. And now, with the films with multiple nominations for Golden the Rasp- Golden Raspberries, you got Expendables 4 with 7 nominations. Although it would have been funny it was nominated for 4, but whatever. The Exorcist Believer and Winning the Pooh, Blood, and Honey for 5 nominations. Shazam! Fury of the Gods and Ant-Man and the Wasp with 4 nominations. Wow, DC and Marvel going head-to-head to see which film will win the Razzie, Razzie Award. Ghosted and Meg 2 The Trench with 3 nominations. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Johnny and Clyde, Magic Bike's Last Dance, and The Pope's Exorcist nom- nominated for two Golden Raspberries. And that ceremony will come and that ceremony will take place on March 9th, 2024, which is the day before the 96 Academy Awards. And that is it. That is the and that is it. That, those are the nominations for the Razzies and the Oscars for 2024. So anyway, um, what did you think of these nomina- what did you think of these nominations? Do you think the nominations were good? Do you think the nominations were bad? Do you think some of these films deserve the nominations? I would like to hear your thoughts on this. But anyway, that is a wrap on this episode. So thank you all for tuning into Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.